Let's dive into the word. You ready? Say, oh, yeah. All right. We, we are continuing this series this morning, asking for a friend. And maybe this isn't a question that you have, but I'm sure you got a friend that needs this. All right. In this series, week one, we talked about dealing with discouragement and how we overcome the anxieties and, 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 and feelings of depression in our life. And, and, and last week, week two of this message, we talked about finding God's will. And ultimately, finding God's will is finding God's heart because the closer we draw to God, the more he reveals his plan and his will in our life. And today, I want to take it a step further, and I want to ask this question and wrestle with this question this morning, is how do I deal with conflict? Oh, yeah. And it's not anything you deal with. It's something that your friend really needs. So... It, it's the person on your left and right. You're good. You, you, you have no issues with this. It's everybody else in the room. How do I deal with conflict? Let me just be the first to admit that uh, I, I struggle with this, and I don't have this perfected, and I think until Jesus comes back, I'll still be wrestling with how I deal with conflict. I've, I've come to bring God's word this morning, but I'll be the first to admit that I've come to receive God's word this morning. Because I know this without the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm a messed up individual. And sometimes I like to take issues into my own hands and struggle with control and having things my way. Anybody else selfish in the room? I just want to make sure I was in the right church today, all right? We, 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 we wrestle with conflict. And I think there's so many scenarios. I, I think parents, uh, this is a huge challenge for us. De- dealing with the challenges of kids... Uh, who want things their way, kids who are constantly getting on to each other. Have any other parents, you, are you perfecting the driving with one hand but slapping with the other when you're in the car? Good. I, I, I'm working on it, and I feel like I'm getting better and better. My kids are keeping me in good practice. Maybe, maybe uh, you're the family, and you've got a, a mom or a dad or an, an in-law who's trying to the best they can help you raise your kids. Come on, you've, you've, you've got a boss that no matter what you do, it doesn't seem like you can do good enough. Maybe today you're in a blended family. And if there was a, a word that described the, the wrestle and the conflict in your life, it's communication. How do we, how do we deal with the communication and the challenges of a blended family? For some in the room, it's past hurts. It's addiction issues. It's unforgiveness that you can't seem to let go of. Maybe for you, it's you fight on the way to church. Come on, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like all hell breaks loose when you get in the car. That's why Jen and I drive separate to church, everybody. (laughs) Just so we arrive saved. And the question I have for us this morning is how do you deal with with life's most difficult issues and still love Jesus? How do you deal with life's most difficult people and still love Jesus? And I believe God's gonna help us with this, amen? Let's look at God's word. If you got your notes, go ahead and grab those. And I just wanna turn our attention to a letter that Paul writes to the church in Rome. Chapter 12 is an amazing chapter In the New Testament, Paul's writing this chapter, and his focus is Christian living. His 
his focus is how to love God and love people in a world that's messed up. He might as well be writing it to us right here today. How do we love people and deal with the issues of life in a world that's messed up, that's so me-centered? And he says this in verse 17. He says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of, what is the next word? Be careful to do what is right in the eye in the eyes of everyone, if it is possible, as far as it depends on your neighbor. No, no, no. As far as it depends on who? You. As far as it depends on you, live at peace. We'll say it again. Everyone. As if he didn't get his point across the first time, he reminds us twice. I want you to get along with everybody. The people that look at you ugly, the people that cut you off in traffic, the people sitting next to you right now, whoever it is, whatever you're going through, as, as, as long as today is as far as possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And for some of us, there is a gap, there is a chasm in your mind that feels like you are so far away from, from reaching a place of restoration in your relationships. I don't know what circumstance you're going through, what hurt, what, what, what past situation you've gone through. But I believe today, I believe today there could be one small shift in your mind that could ultimately redirect the course of your life, the course of your marriage, the relationship you have with your parents and your kids. You say, Wes, you, know, you, know, you don't know me. Yeah, I don't know you, but I know the power of God's word. I, I know that he can renew our mind and strengthen us. And I just want us for a minute. Would you just open your heart and say, God, would you speak to me today? The things that I'm wrestling with, the things that I'm struggling with, God, I want your vantage point. I want you to change my mind. I think there's a few reasons we deal with unresolved conflict. And if you're taking notes, I, I, I think we need to recognize this. is one of the th- worst things that unresolved conflict does is it disrupts my relationship with God. It disrupts my relationship with God. And I think it's one of the greatest indicators that we have messed up personal relationship is when we know our relationship with God. When when God feels far away, oftentimes God feels far away because our relationships horizontally are messed up. The best way I know to illustrate is kind of like my kids. You know, oftentimes my kids, they'll go to Jen and they'll they'll ask my wife, hey, you know, can we play on our iPad? And when she says no, the first thing they do, right, is come to dad. Hey, dad, you know, uh, could we play on our iPad? Well, have you asked your mom? They hate that question. <laughs> Even my boys this morning, they walk, they walk into the room, and, and, and Ben's got this outfit on. He said, dad, what do you think about this outfit? I said, would you ask your mom? Yeah, she doesn't like it. <laughs> and and, and I, I think they forget, like, hey, guys, just in case you didn't realize it, we're on the same team. I mean, we work to, together to create you guys. And we had fun doing it, by the way. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, and here's the deal. As long as you're in this house, her word is my word. Like, you, you, ain't, you, you ain't siding us against each other. We're on the same team. And here's what I want to remind us. 
is the people that you're struggling to get along with, those are the people that God created. And you're wondering why your relationship with God is broken. You know, I just don't feel him today. But, but you're just cussing out your brother on Friday. You're wondering why God doesn't seem close, yet the people that he created, you have the hardest time loving. Oh, I'm going to just step on toes all morning long. And I'm going to be preaching to myself right into conviction, all right? Sometimes our relationship with God feels distant because our relationship with people is so messed up. Jesus, he actually taught us this. He said, if you come to worship, if you show up on Sunday morning to bring your, God, your gift to God, but you know things aren't right with people, he said, why don't you just leave your gift at the altar and go get things reconciled with the people that you love, the people that I care about, and then come back and bring your gift to me. Because things will never be right vertically if they're not right horizontally. That, uh, 1 John chapter 4, 20, look with me. It says this, if anyone boasts, John writes, he says, if anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he's a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love the God he can't see? The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. It disrupts our relationship with God. That's what, that's what unresolved conflict does. The, the, the second thing is that oftentimes unresolved conflict, it gets worse with neglect. We, we feel like, you know what, man, I'm just going to give them the silent treatment. I'm just going to avoid this. I'm just... I'm not even going to communicate, and things will get amazingly better. And we believe this lie. It's like, it's like the couple that were giving each other the, the silent treatment, and he wasn't going to lose by talking first. Well, he had an early flight the next morning, and he left a note on her pillow. Instead of talking to her, he just left her a note, and he said this. He said, I have a flight in the morning, need to get up at 5 a.m., Well, he overslept, woke up at 9 a.m., missed his flight, and found a note next to his bed. Hey, it's 5 a.m., wake up. (laughs) Listen, man, that silent treatment stuff, it'll mess you up. And somehow in our relationships, we feel like things are going to get better all by themselves. Listen, conflict doesn't resolve itself. Can I say it again? Conflict doesn't resolve itself. And sometimes we believe this lie. I've believed it so many times. Time is going to heal it. Time is going to heal it. Just just to illustrate how kind of ridiculous that would play out in life, that's like like being sick and going to the doctor's office and them calling your name and going, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to wait it out in the waiting room. No, I don't need to see the doctor. Time is going to heal this. No, 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 no. It doesn't, does it? No, you show up and you go to the doctor because things get worse with neglect if they're unresolved. And I believe this, one of the biggest reasons we avoid conflict, it's rooted in fear, everybody. How's this going to play out? You know, we run all these scenarios. because We, we don't deal with conflict because, you know what, it turned out bad the last time. It's going to turn out bad this time. No, you don't know how they're going to slam me. You don't, know, you don't know this person. And we have all these thoughts and, and all this fear builds up. And so we end up avoiding conflict. 
We don't we rock the boat. We sweep it under the rung. We rug. We grin and bear it. And here's the deal, everybody. In every relationship, there, 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 there's two. There's skunks and there's turtles. There's skunks and there's turtles. Skunks are when they when when they get in conflict, they just stink the whole place up. And and turtles, they're the ones when they get in conflict, man, they just hide themselves under the shell. Isn't it amazing how skunks and turtles find them their way into marriage? I mean, almost in every relationship. And we, we, we deal with conflict sometimes in the most unhealthy ways. We need to recognize it only gets worse with neglect. And number three is this, unresolved conflict, it steals our joy. It steals our joy. James 3.18 says this, real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. Look what it says. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. Let me ask you, does that describe your life this week? Does that describe the way that you deal with conflict? I mean, this is, this is challenging right here because so often we justify our actions because, no, I'm, I'm going to stand for what's right. No, it was their fault. And there's no mercy and there's no grace and there's no gentleness. And sometimes we say the right thing, but our tone is so off, nobody could ever receive it. It's like with, with Jen, so, so often, you know, like my go-to thing with her is, I didn't raise my voice. I, I just, uh, I didn't raise my voice. And she's like, I know, but if you could see the way your face is looking right now, I don't care what your voice sounded like, your face looked like you're about to kill me. And sometimes there's no gentleness in the way we approach the challenges of life. God help us to be gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessing because the people that we love, you love, and those are the people that you created in your image because somebody say amen. amen. Let's move from being peacekeepers to what Jesus commanded us to do, be peacemakers. Be peacemakers. Peacekeepers they avoid conflict. Peacekeepers, they sweep it under the rug. Peacekeepers, they stonewall and feel like they're doing the right thing. But peacekeepers, Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacekeepers, for they will be called children of God. Can I just encourage this this morning? The goal in every conflict is not to win. Men, could I just remind us the goal and conflict with our wives and our kids and our employees or our boss, the goal is not to win. It's to get stronger, healthier, and whole in Jesus' name. How does it start? Number one, it starts with me. It starts with me. I think one of the reasons we live with a cycle of unresolved conflict in our life is we're always waiting on somebody else to do the right thing. We're waiting for them to make the first move. Well, no, as soon as they apologize, then I'm gonna get things right with them. But the command of Jesus is, is, is love those who hate you. 
Forgive those who mistreat you and persecute you. Care about them, love them. Even though they're different, even though they don't act the same way. Man, remember that regardless of their actions, they're still somebody that God created. Starts with me. James 4.1 says this. It says, what is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? Doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way and fulfill your own desires? Let me tell you this this morning. You know who God wants to use to bring healing in your relationships? You. God wants to use you. I mean, right now you're thinking about that person that you're like, man, no, no, I can't go to them. I'm not going to them. But what if God began to shift in your mind the way you saw them? What if God changed your heart to realize, you know what? God, you could use me to change their life. And whether they get things right with me or not, God, I'm still going to live the blessed life. I'm going to go above and beyond and do what you've called me to do. It starts with me. Number two is this. We speak the truth in love. We speak the truth in love. It starts with me, and then we choose to speak the truth in love. I know some people, they, they like to say this. That, well, I just like to tell it how it is. Interpretation, I just enjoy being a jerk. Come on, you know what I'm saying? You know why I like that? Yeah, I, I just, no, I just like to tell it how it is. No, 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 you, you just re- resolved yourself and, and lowered yourself to deciding I'm going to be rude no matter how anybody else cares or feels about it. That's not the, the way God wants us to be. And so often we use our words. We use our words to manipulate and to control and to get our way. It reminds me of the story of a grandmother who was, who was taking care of her granddaughter one day. And she overheard the young girl performing a wedding ceremony with her kin and Barbie doll. As the grandmother stopped to listen to the make-believe wedding, the girl said, Now it's time for your vows. You have the right to remain silent. <laughs> Anything you say can and will be used against you, you may now kiss the bride. Come on. Some of you are like, man, I wish we had written that in our vows. <clears throat> Ephesians 4.15, everybody. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. I'm going to use my words to bring healing. I'm going to use my words to bless. I'm going to use my words to encourage somebody today. We walk out of this place, there's somebody that needs to know, man, God's got a plan for their life, that they're looking good in that dress. You know what? It's great to see their family. It's good to see. Man, pray you're having a great week. I'll be praying for you today. Encourage somebody. Let, let, let life come through your mouth. Speak life with your words. Three things I believe about telling the truth in love, not in your notes, but remember these. Number one. We work through challenges through non and non-conflict times. Number one, we work through challenges in non-conflict times. Jen, so graciously, she did this to me. I used her for all the good examples. I'm the messed up one in our relationship, all right? But Jen, she's a saint. She said, uh, no, she, she really is. I've never met somebody that loves Jesus like my wife. Never have. 
That's a whole nother sermon. She said, would it be a good time to tell you something that I've noticed? I always had to brace myself when she said, when she asked. But I was so thankful. <laughs> and she started to tell me about a verbal pause that I have when I'm communicating. Listen, as a communicator, that's a tough one to swallow everybody. But I was so thankful that she didn't just shoot it out at me. She, she wanted to make sure that the space was right, that my heart was right, that I was in a healthy place to embrace some constructive criticism. And I said, all right, babe, let me have it. What am I doing wrong? But I was able to process it so much better because she gave me the opportunity to prepare my heart for something that, that could have hurt. Listen, that is a small thing that makes a big difference. How are we working through our challenges? Are we reacting or are we responding? Are we acting out of our emotion or are we acting out of love and truth? Number two, attack the issue, never the person. When we work through conflict, we don't attack people's identity because their identity is rooted in who God created them to be. So when you attack somebody's identity, you attack the creator. Listen, we don't attack identity, everybody. We attack issues. And we work through things together hand in hand. Number three, practical one. Conflict doesn't get resolved through text and email. Could I just leave that right there this morning? I've, 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 I'll be honest. The biggest regrets I, I have are because I tried to share something that might have been constructive criticism or a delicate issue through email or text. It never went well. God, protect us from using our fingers when we're frustrated. Keep us off the keyboard. Keep us off the cell phone. Stay away from James 1.19. Dear friends, lead with your ears. Follow up with your tongue. And let anger straggle along in the rear. We'll wrap it up with this. Number three, we make a choice to forgive. We start with me. We speak the truth in love. And we choose to forgive. Colossians 3.13 says this, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. What, what if we were a people that walked in forgiveness and spoke the truth in love? And with every issue in our life, we didn't start with them, but we started with me. It, it, it's all about love, everybody. Look, look with me real quick as we wrap it up. First Corinthians chapter 16, it says, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. And do everything with love. I tell you what. As, as the leader of this faith community and with our influence in the city, the, 
the gravity and the weight of our nation's turmoil right now is heavy on my heart. And as I thought about this message and the conflict and the tension in our country over issues and policies and ideas and agendas, I thought, man, if we're not careful, it has the power to destroy us. But if we'll be wise and remember that we live in a kingdom that's far greater than this earthly kingdom, a kingdom that will last forever, it has the power to unify us and bring us closer together. Because here's the deal, everybody. We don't have to agree on everything to be agreeable. We don't have to see eye to eye on everything to walk hand in hand. Do you hear me this morning? Do you hear me this morning? Listen, let's just be real about it, all right? When you get to the end of your life, there might be a couple people in that hospital room next to your bed as you're passing away. And on average, at our funerals, it's kind of grim and dark this morning, but there'll be probably about 20, 25 people to show up and say what a great person we are. And a couple that remind us what a knucklehead we were too. But everybody on this planet is gonna spend eternity somewhere. Let's live our, our lives in a way that we're focused not on the agenda of this world, but the agenda of heaven. That we're gonna do everything we can to love our neighbor as ourselves, to love the Lord with all our heart. And whether we're black, whether we're white, whether we're Republican, whether we're Democrat, no matter who the president is. And that's all I'm gonna say about politics because this is gonna be a house where we focus on Jesus, all right? And I, I, I didn't plan to speak, but I feel emboldened by the Holy Spirit right now to speak about things that are on your heart. And remind us this, is that you're my brother and you're my sister. In church growing up, we called everybody brother and sister. Whether you're 15 or 55, you're brother and sister so-and-so. You know what we were reminding each other? Is that we lived in a different kingdom. We lived in the kingdom of heaven. Can I remind us, we live in the kingdom of heaven. Eternity's forever. Let's love each other like God created us. We might look different and we might have different viewpoints and, and, and man, we could go way down that road. But you know, honestly, a lot of those issues are not heaven and hell issues. I want to spend my life getting people to heaven. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. We're going to embrace our difference. I love the song we grew up singing. It said this, you're my brother, you're my sister. So take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side. As long as there is love, we will stand. Let's do everything in love, amen. Amen. Do you believe God's word this morning? Amen. Amen. Why don't you bow your heads today?